Welcome to episode 10 of the Board Game Battles podcast. We take two board games with a common trait, discuss each, and see if we can declare a winner. I'm your host, Randall, and with me today are my co-hosts, Jeff and Drew. Hello. Hello. Uh, today we're going to be discussing two games that share the common trait of drafting, um, and drafting with the explicit pur- purpose of building up something. So in uh, one of the games, it's going to be Seven Wonders. You're drafting to build up your little civilization and to build your wonder. And then we're going to be comparing it to Among the Stars. We're going to be drafting cards to build up a space station and see who has the best space station. And afterwards, we'll do a little bit of an Imperial Assault segment. Uh, not a lot to talk about this uh, this week since not too much has changed recently. So uh, that's what we'll be, uh, we'll be discussing a couple of campaigns that we're working on. So that's what we'll, we'll talk about then. Um, so yeah, we'll just get right into it. Um, the first game is we're going to start talking about is Seven Wonders. Uh, released in 2011. Uh, the designer is Antoine Bauza. He, uh, he's been around quite a while. Um, I think some of his early stuff was in back in 2008 um, with a few things like Ghost Stories, um, which is a pretty popular... Uh, yeah, Takenoko Tokaido. Yeah, Takenoko Tokaido. Hanabi. Samurai, Samurai Spirit. Yeah, he's made Mystery Express. Like He's done a lot of pretty yeah. popular games. Terror in Meeple City. Uh, even the more most recent uh, Conan, which then, uh, um, was pretty huge. Isn't his the, the little... Uh, whatever it is, Hanabi? Fireworks yep. game? Yeah, yep. no, I mentioned Hanabi. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. No one so, listens to this. Oh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, artists uh, that uh, worked on uh, Seven Wonders is uh, Miguel Coimbra, uh, published by Repost Games. Uh, mechanisms, card drafting, hand management, set collection, simultaneous action selection uh, with variable player powers. And has a BGG rating of 7.8 from 50,000 ratings. So the rule book is a pretty you know, standard rule book. Um, it's well laid out with uh, good graphics throughout it. Um, everything's pretty uh, explained fairly well in it. Uh, there's not too much uh, that you have to go... If you have to look up rules, it's not too hard to find things. The games tend to play fairly easily anyways, so um, if you are referring to rulebooks, it's not... It's like your first playthrough, probably. Yeah, your first playthrough mm-hmm. after that, you probably rarely have to open up a... You're looking up symbols. That's the only time you're really referring to the rulebooks is to find out what a particular symbol means. And that's about it. Uh, Components-wise, good components. You know, the majority of it is cards. Um, The wonders are on cardboard, so they're you know fairly hefty design, um, so they work out well. A bunch of little tokens. If you're playing the base game of Seven Wonders, you're going to get a bunch of um, military tokens. Military tokens. You get a bunch of military tokens. You get a bunch of gold, um, and those are essentially it for the tokens. Um, when you get to some of the expansions, which we didn't really play with for this playthrough, um, you'll get some additional things that get added to it. Rules, uh, I guess we'll just run right into um, rules and gameplay. Um, seven Wonders is a fairly basic game. It plays up to seven players. If you're playing with two players, you have to have a dummy player that um, will just take cards back and forth. But anything over that um, two players is fairly straightforward drafting. You have a number of cards that you hand out to... Um, to each player and I think it's usually the number of players plus one is how it works out when you're setting up the decks there's three ages to um, to seven wonders there's the first second and third age um, when you're 
during the drafting part of it, depending on the age, you'll be um, either going clockwise or counterclockwise as you're passing your cards. And when you're setting the decks up, you'll be taking out any cards that are for more players than you're playing with. So a lot of the cards will have 3+, plus, 4+, plus, 5+, plus on them, or even maybe even 6+. Plus. And if you're, uh, if you're playing with all 7 players, then you have all the cards in. Otherwise, you take out cards for more than the number of players you have. Uh, everybody gets their hand of cards. They go through their hand of cards, choose one. Uh, once everyone's ready, everyone plays that card and then pass the remainder of the cards clockwise or counterclockwise, depending on which way you're going. Um, and that's essentially it for the gameplay. Um, the types of cards you're going to have choices are, are resource cards, which are either going to be brown or gray. Brown for your basic resources, which are like wood, um, or stone, and um, wood or stone. Gold. And gold. Yeah. Or is, are you counting that as ore? Um we really should have this card in front of us. They have, the, they have the clay brick, the stone, the right. Gold, the stone, yeah, that's right. Gold or slash or yeah, I think it's you're right. So it's um, yeah. So ore, clay, stone, and wood, and wood. And then the uh, the gray resources, which are like the advanced resources, are glass, glassware or pottery, um, cloth, and parchment. And one of the big things about Seven Wonders is you're only um, really ever worrying about the people to your immediate side, so either to your left or your to your right. Um, beyond those two people, the rest of the table don't exist to you. Uh, so if you need to buy resources, if you ever need to build a card, and each card will usually have a build cost on it in the top uh, corner, generally for the first age, the, a lot of the cards will be um, free, but there are, are a few that will have some kind of cost to them. And they'll either have a resource cost, meaning you, if you have, either have to have that resource or have that resource available to you by um, purchasing it from one of your neighbors, or you have to pay a coin sometimes. So some cards just say one coin for this card. So uh, there's resource cards. There's um, like the civilization cards, which are blue, which um, will typically be like monuments. They'll be city structures, whatever. There'll be buildings that you can sort of stack. Those kind of cards will only ever give you victory points at the end of the game. Um, there's yellow cards, which are more like um, merchant cards. And what those are are typically ones that will give you gold. They're ones that can make trading with your neighbors cheaper. Sometimes they can give you access to resources that only you have access to and no one else can buy from you because it's sort of like a separate little market you can buy from. Um, and they can also give you uh, victory points at the end of the game if, um, if, if they say like, for every stage of your wonder that if you have each stage of your wonder built, you might get a gold per or a point per stage. Uh, those would be like end game results, but those are the kind of cards you can get as well. And uh, last are science cards. And science cards are green. There's three different science symbols. There's um, a protractor, I think, is one of the symbols. Um, one's a clay tablet. And the uh, last symbol is a gear. And they score you points at the end of the game based on sets. So if you are if you get like a set of one of each of them, at the end of the game, it'll worth seven points. Um, but if you collect all of a particular um, symbol, then you'll get points, not exponentially, but squared. So however many of that symbol you have squared is number of points at the end of the game you'll, you'll end up with. 
So those are the main types of cards you'll run across. Oh, there's also military. I didn't mention military. And militaries, uh, when you recruit those, all they'll do is they give you a military symbol. And at the end of each age, you compare your military strength to your neighbors. If you have a greater military or tied, if you have a greater military, you'll get a positive token for points at the end of the game. Um, if you have less military than one of your neighbors, you'll get a negative token. And if you're tied, then nothing, nothing takes place. And everybody goes around the table comparing military at the end of each age and getting points that way. Um, so each age, the cards get progressively better. Um, they'll either give you more resources or they'll give you more points at the end of the game. Um, some cards will be not really requirements, but if you have a certain card built and then you come across another card later that says if you have this card built, then you can build this card for free. So there's ones that are um, prerequisites. So some of these cards act as prerequisites for other cards that can come along. And if you have them, then you can build those cards for free. Otherwise, you have to pay whatever resource. You have to be able to fulfill whatever resource cards they require. And the only other kind of cards that will you'll see eventually that are different is in the third age. They become guilds, and they're purple cards. And guilds will typically be, and pretty much always are, um, ways to get points at the end of the game based on a certain condition. And so one guild could be if you have the most military um, or if you um, take the military of all the people around you and add it together, you might get that many points. Or it's the number of blue cards that you and your neighbors have. Whoever, you know, add all the number of cards up together and that's the number of points you'll get. So guilds are ways to get points at the end of the, uh, the game. And the last way you can use the cards was... To bury them under. To That's right. Wonder. So uh, during the different, as you're going along in all the different ages, when you choose a card, you either play it in front of you, you can burn it to build one of your wonders. And most wonders are about three stages, though, but there are some that are more and some that are less. But you'll, what you do is you slide it under your, uh, under your cardboard wonder sheet, and there's like usually a specific place you put it. You have to be able to meet the resource requirements for that stage. And then you've built that stage of your wonder, and you'll usually get some kind of bonus. Um, Though you know the typical bonus would be at the end of the game you'll get so many points based on how you know for each stage of your wonder that's built. Some wonders will give you a special ability where you can go to the discard pile and build a card out of there for free um, if when you complete it, that kind of thing. Um, and the last way you can use a card is to play it in front of you, build your wonder. Or you can toss it into the center, discard it to get three gold. And that's if you're starting to get low on gold and you can't afford to build something. That's usually a good way to get rid of something. Or even to keep something away from one of your opponents. You don't want them to get it, but you don't really want it, or you can't build it, then burn it away for gold later on. I think that's about that's about it for rules. Like that's It's a really basic game. There's not a lot to it. Um, but it can be one of those games where... If you've never played that type of game before, and you're, this is your first time going into it, you're not going. You're probably not going to grok it the very first time you play it, like not understanding all the different types of cards and all the different symbols that you're seeing and what they do. But after you play it that first time, you'll understand it, and then most people want to get a second play in or or, or even more. It, it's one of those games that really takes off. It's almost. It is basically a a gateway game. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's, it's it's an easy one to pick up, and most people enjoy playing it. Uh, we played with five players. And uh, I think your son won. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Marcus. 
And that was his second time playing, I think. Was it his second time playing? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I don't know how it's my bajillionth time playing it. I can't even think. And it was Drew's first time playing it as well. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of it? Yeah, I didn't think it was it was too hard to pick up. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, at, sort of, I, I find it a commonality with a lot of Antoine Bowser's games is that, um, not to say that they're all like this, he does have some that, um, you know, they're, they're more complex to, to start off with. But he does have some that are they're very simple to pick up, right? Yeah, and I, I kind of felt like this one was was right in that category, um, you know, with with a, a very brief explanation of of gameplay and uh, the symbology on on the cards and and uh, the boards, and yeah, you're up and running very quickly. Yeah, so you might not. I, I think you're right. You might not get like all the the nuance and the strategy immediately mm-hmm. but you you could very easily jump into playing this right yeah yeah and it, it and because it plays so many players it's an easy easier one to get to the table it's you know it's not quite a party game so it is like one that people have to sort of concentrate on a little bit you know they have to not be distracted from it yeah because the selection of your cards if you're distracted yeah. it, it takes a long time and it's a fairly quick game otherwise right so. yeah because it can go fairly fairly quickly like once everyone yeah. knows how to play you know, you can easily get a game well less than an hour for sure. Oh yeah, um, because it doesn't it scales well because you're only ever worrying about the people next to you. Yeah. So however many people are playing at the table it doesn't matter. It's just you get your card. Sometimes it take, might take a little while to figure out. Ooh, I want this card, or I want that card. But or that's I want it. to deny this one to, to the person yeah, next to me. But exactly. But um, other than that, it's yeah. you know it's not a difficult game. Well, to pick it's up. A, it, not to make it sound too simplistic though. It also has. The more people you add, the the game changes almost because while well, you're adding those cards back in or taking them away, depending on how few or many people right. there are, yeah, it changes the dynamic of how many times you're going to see a card. True, because mm-hmm. unless game like, well, typically because I think it's essentially, and I, I didn't confirm this, but it, when you're building it, because how many uh, with five players, I thought we got we get six cards. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So it's like number of players plus You'll one. You'll see your of deck thing. like one time. You might kind see of your thing. deck once. Yeah. And it, with that, I've played this game several times, and every single time, it's always surprising to see which strategy wins. And I mean, there's probably you can do this hardcore and figure out what's the most economical mm-hmm. way if you really wanted to. But I've seen people win going the military route. I've seen them win using the blue. Statues and stuff to get victory points straight off a card and know what they're getting. Yeah. And what it comes down to is your strategy, you build it, and then you come down to the last stage and it can just change drastically based off of guilds. And you might be scrambling to take a guild out of the game because you know it'll win for someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a level of complexity, but it's so easy to pick up. Yeah. yeah. And it's neat, like, as you go on, like, the cards get more powerful. Um, you only ever see resources in the first two ages. Like, the first age, you'll get a lot of resources that are, you know, just singles. Like, you get a wood for this one. Or sometimes, and quite often in the first age, you'll see ones where you pay one gold to get this card. And you can either have, use it for a wood, or you could use it for something else. Like yeah, a stone or a stone. Or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then when you get to the second age, it's, it's a little bit more powerful. It's like you can get two wood or uh, one, pay gold for one that can get two wood and two stone or whatever. So you get a lot more options. And then the same with the, the markets. Like you get discounts from your neighbors uh, for basic resources. Then you can get discounts from your neighbors for advanced resources as long as 
your neighbors have those resources and that can be a bit of a a trick too is like mm-hmm. when I was playing I had quite a bit of resources and next to me was Drew and Drew had quite a few resources but then next to me was <laughs> was Jeff and, and he had like next to no none. resources. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't I think I saw like two brown cards the entire yeah. game and I didn't focus on them because to my left and right I had plenty of resources, my resources available. Yeah. Yeah. So if I needed resources I could buy them yeah. and then my strategy was to build the early buildings that gave me the free later buildings Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't need the resources anyway because when you don't see the resources, you kind of yeah. have to compensate. You really want to yeah. try to get those ones that yeah give the you chains, the, the chains yeah. where you can just keep building for free, which is a definite viable reason um, thing. Because one of the things I didn't mention during the setup is you can only ever have one of any named building or any named card. All of the cards have a special name, so like barracks for a military card. You can only ever have one barracks, so you can't build a second. But that's not a big thing. It, that can be a mistake that can happen when no one knows the game, but when you start yeah. to play with people who've all played it before, it's a little easier to pick up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that really was no. a problem in the game. And it's one of those ones it. where once you've played a few times, you you realize it's something that if you forget to mention, it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. you remember to mention it as you as you're teaching people how to play the game. But if everyone around the table knows, and like an average of say five people playing, this game could be played in twenty minutes to half an hour easily. If, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, our the game, setup can take our game a little was, bit. Was quite quick. Just trying mm-hmm. to find all the cards and pull them out and whatnot. But yeah. it's not complex or anything. It's quick. You can set it out and play even a couple times and change up who's sitting next to each other in a fairly decent amount of time. Yeah. And it's also one that benefits from. It has an app that um, Seven Wonders or. Um, repos games or whatever put out for this game it's only available on um for apple at the moment and it's been forever so it's probably never going to come out for uh, android but um if you have access to it, it it really makes things at the end of the game especially run a bit smoother because at the after everyone's gone you have to start adding up points and you get these little um pads of paper with all the different categories for all the play and you write all the players initials down and you start adding up all the points and that's actually almost be half the game there is just adding up all the damn points yeah which i I think was interesting because um i I think that was one of the things i took away from the game was it was very i don't want to say difficult but it wasn't easy to tell who was going to have yeah who was who was going to have what scores yeah um so that's one of the charms of this game though is you're not point counting throughout the entire thing going i have to get ahead of this person you're only ever worrying about the people to your left and right for the most part well well that it that is true uh those are really the only the only people that can either affect or be affected by me but I, I don't know. There, there is there is something to be said for having at least an idea of who's Where winning. Stands. Yeah, because yeah, if you're looking across at like Marcus wasn't next to me, but he was across yeah. me. He was he was going pretty heavy military. Yeah, which fails most of the time. Which usually fails, but it, but it he got the fail. guild. He got the guild that helped with it. That helped yeah. give points, so it put him ahead. Yeah. yeah, so that's something to be aware of. If you're passing cards around, you see there's the guild for military. Do you take it to keep it away from him? It obviously didn't yeah. happen, or unless he got it. First off, if, you know, if it's in his hand when he gets his hand, there's nothing he you didn't can do about that. It to him. No, whoa, there we go. You're to blame. Yeah, I, I had something that gave me points that I was like, I can either deny him this or take something. And that's that give the thing. Me well, points. you came in second, so yeah. you were pretty yeah, close. And I took the yeah. points. Yep. If you hadn't taken the points, you'd be, well, 
who knows? It may not have been second. Maybe but, not. Yeah. But then, if you had taken that away from him, would maybe I first? maybe I yeah. would have been in first. But at the yeah. at the time, you're looking at how do I make more points? Not yeah. how do I deny him yeah. his? Yeah, I mean, all, all you can do is is, um, you know, take the the best card that you see at the time. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, you you can play a little bit of denial, but. I think for the most part, you're going to be going after what what can give me the best, you know, the biggest benefit at the moment. Exactly. Um, and and yeah, you can't you can't do too much to affect the gameplay across the table, but but it's still it still would be nice to to have at least have kind of an idea of well, how I, you're I, doing. The way I look at this one is more, it would almost suck the enjoyment out of it if by like the middle of the second age, say you're counting the points across the table and going, I have no chance of beating this person. Because the way it work pens with the guilds coming at the end, it can change drastically just based mm-hmm. off of what's available. Because the randomness of what guilds are going to be in the game in any playthrough makes it so that that's true. You, you might be looking at someone going, well, they look like they're in the lead, but that they don't get the guild that will help them and you get one that helps you, or you deny them that guild, it could just completely screw with their plan. Mm-hmm. So it like until that last card is played, you really yep. don't know who's winning you can yep. guesstimate based off of oh well that person has all the blue cards they could possibly want and the blue guild and know well they probably won it but mm-hmm. you have to add in the fact that who completed their wonders and which ones give points compared to which ones just gave an extra card or a yeah. resource or something so there's just so many moving parts i think it'd be too difficult to have a running score between the ages and have it mean something oh yeah yeah absolutely and What's kind of nice is with the guilds is there are a lot of guilds that, you know, you don't get all the guilds. So like, there's a bunch of extra guilds. You only, you know, depending on the number of players, you take so many guilds and shuffle them into the third age. So you can each time you play, it can change yeah, up a bit. Yeah, it can change. So, you know, what one him, you know, the, the military guild may not even show up in another place. Yeah, like if, if he didn't, yeah. well, he didn't know his just, he has a yeah. predisposition to actually taking military stuff. It's just his personality. <laughs> But yeah. he didn't know that there was going to be a military guild coming up. It just yep. happened to work for him. It worked out for him. Yeah, exactly. And the only the only one I saw, I I couldn't, I didn't have the resource for because mm. mm. it was it was sitting across the table at Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> None of my neighbors had it. Was that glass? Yeah, yeah. Because exactly I remember what it was. It was only one I didn't have. I had two of the advanced resources, but not glass. Yeah. But I could buy it. Well, and, and, yeah. and that could be a frustrating part of this game is if you yeah. don't see resources yeah. and your neighbors aren't getting them, but they can buy them from their neighbors, That's right. you're kind of out of luck. Yeah. And it really depends on where you started in the first age, where if it's like if I got lucky and got enough of the resources mm-hmm. for myself, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. True. Yeah. And um, that's also one thing. We didn't really get into any expansions in this. Um, like the next band, there's a couple, a few different expansions out. Um, there's the leaders expansion, the cities expansion, and then the Babylon expansion. Um, we've, we have played, Drew hasn't, but, uh, we've played with the leaders one before and leaders adds a different kind of, um, a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a twist to it. Whereas you get, um, a leader that you can recruit at the beginning of each age, um, which can make quite a difference. It, um, because some of those leaders will give you different kind of benefits. Sometimes it'll be um, uh, access to a resource from that leader, or the ability to buy a resource from the bank instead of having to, you know, buy from a, a neighbor. Or um, sometimes it'll be like a free military or free science symbol, that kind of thing. So, and each age you can recruit another leader. So you get to have 
potentially, you know, three liters normally. Um, there are a few extra wonders out there that will give you access to even more liters. So you can have three to, you know, four or five liters depending on your setup. Um, liters, so liters is a nice add-on if you're uh, looking at seven wonders and you're thinking, well, what expansions do I want? Liters is a good expansion to add in. Cities isn't bad. It um, it's a, very very similar to the rest of the game. It adds in um, a special uh, like these sort of black cards and a special like um, looks like a, a mask sort of kind of symbol, which can I think be used. I'm thinking like a wild card, but I can't remember exactly. Oh, a wild card for uh, science, I believe. Um, there's like a special symbol that can show up like that. And then Babylon, we haven't even touched yet. So I've never played with the Babylon expansion. But uh, yeah, so that's Seven Wonders. Um, don't think there's much more to say about it than that. So we'll just move on then. Among the Stars uh, it was released in 2012. Uh, the designer... Um, it's a Greek name, which is going to be hard to pronounce. Vangelis um, Bagiartakis. Bagiartakis? Close enough. Looks close. Close, yeah. He doesn't have a lot to his name. Um, he has been designing since uh, 2012, which is when he released Among the Stars. Um, but his other games are like Dice City, Fields of Green, Oath of the Brotherhood, Sing It. Like, not games I'm familiar with. So yeah. Among the Stars is the only real one that I ever got on my radar. Um, and it was uh, originally, uh, the very first one came out on uh, Indiegogo. So it wasn't even a Kickstarter. It was Indiegogo when it first came out. And that's when I started backing it. Uh, nowadays, it's um, it's produced by, uh, well, the publisher is Iron Kitten Games. But in North America, it's Stronghold Games that uh, push it out. Uh, artist Antonis, Antonis Papantonio and... Odysseus Stamoglu. Uh, I'm not even close. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, mechanisms, card drafting, uh, simultaneous action selection, tile placement, variable player powers. So it's very similar to, to uh, Seven Wonders. Uh, I think the only thing they don't mention is hand management. It's, it's pretty much got that too. So it's, like, it's essentially the same game when it comes to mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, BGG rating uh, 7.2 out of 5,000 so not as many people have you know rated this one so you can tell it's uh, it's not really quite hit the same mainstream that Seven Wonders has um, uh, rule book looking at the rule book it's definitely lacking it's you know it's got a few little illustrations in here but there's a lot of text um, it just isn't very friendly it um, if you have to look something up you're not quite sure where you have to go to find it. You're reading through all this text to try to see, you know, what means what. So it 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 could be laid out a lot better. Now I am looking at probably what is like the original, you know, first version. So I don't know if if the rule book um, got better since this printing. Um, you know, if there's been like a second print, I think it has been re- reprinted. A couple times, so you know it's possible that the rule book got better, especially maybe when you get to the stronghold edition. I don't know, um, but the the edition I'm looking at right now is definitely lacking. It's not the the best laid out rule book for what is essentially a very sim- simple game. Um, you know, very similar to uh, the Seven Wonders in how you play it. Components, it's all cards. Um, there are um, 
I shouldn't say that. There are some additional things. There are some tokens for money. Um, there's also cubes which are represent power for that your reactors um, will produce, or not produce, but uh, start with, I should say. Um, and that's essentially it. So there's cards, tokens for money, and these cubes for uh, reactors. Uh, rules are how the game's played. It's again very simple. Um, you you start out with uh, instead of ages in this one, it's just there's four years, but there's the same deck of cards. It's like one big stack of cards that you're drawing from, um, and you're staying with the same stack year after year. Um, so instead of three ages, we have four years. Uh, passing goes back and forth, just like in um, seven, on Seven Wonders. So it's a uh, clockwise and counterclockwise and back and forth. Uh, this one only plays, um, they say, up to four players. So it doesn't play up to seven like Seven Wonders can. I don't know if there's an expansion that increases that uh, player count. I thought that one of the expansions maybe okay. expanded that. But. Um, they say, you know, 30-minute play time, you know, 12 plus for uh, the age limit, which seems a bit steep. It could definitely be played, I think, by a younger yeah. crowd as well because, again, not an overly complex game. Um, I guess the most complex thing is as we're going into the rules is is how you're setting out your, um, your space station. So how this game works is everybody, you know, gets a player color, and in that player color you'll get a power reactor. That power reactor will start with two cubes on it. And what those cubes are used for, uh, and there's a little diagram on each power reactor showing that any card that requires power has to be within a certain range of this power of a power reactor. And it's usually, I think, two card range. But they give you a little diagram on the card showing the diagram of sort of where it can be in relation to the power reactor. So, you know, how far away it could be from that reactor. And as soon as you play a card near a power reactor, and there's these cards are square, and you're 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 pretty much placing orthogonally, so it's beside, above, below, left or right of a of an existing card, and you always have to be edge to edge. Um, so you're not really placing diagonally um, unless there's a card below or beside it. So, um, so when you're placing a, a card that requires power, it has to be thrown so so many cards away from the reactor. And then you take the power cube off the reactor to show that it's now powered that other card. And so in the future, if you need, you want to play any additional cards that require power, you'd have to build additional power reactors. So just like in Seven Wonders, you get a hand of cards. You're looking through it, choosing one. You're either playing that card on your in your space station. You're discarding it um, for coins. Um, you can discard it so that you can build a regular power reactor. And so you get a generic power reactor from a stack, place it in your uh, space station and add however many, it's usually two, power cubes to that reactor to show that it has some power that can be used up. Um, and that's essentially it because there's no, you know, tucking under to build a wonder in this one because you're just basically building your, your space station. But you can slough one to get another power reactor, right? That's what, yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, oh, did you? Yeah, so there was sloughing away to get coins. And there was sloughing away to build another power reactor. So that was it. That's basically it. Three actions you can do: build the card, build a power reactor, or discard to gain three credits. Now there are um, different colors of cards. Um, so there are different types, just like in Seven Wonders. There's uh, blue cards, yellow, red, purple, and green. Blue is for administrative um, stuff like uh, 
um, transportation platform or whatever, um, or it could be like crew quarters. Business is yellow. Um, there's stuff like casinos and all that. They might be yellow. I can't remember, but there are. It's a business. Business ones are yellow. Um, military is red, and you know, while you're building military cards, it's it's not the same as in Seven Wonders. You're not attacking anybody. In really, this is more of a solo game than Seven Wonders is. Um, it's very much you're building your space station and not worrying too much about your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some cards that may vary in points based on what your neighbors might build, but that's it. They're never. But it also impacts. It's dependent on what everybody builds, not just right. to your left and right. No, yeah. it, and it, it's it, if it if it if there's any consideration to your neighbors at all, it's around the whole board. It's regardless of yeah. how many players. Um, well, and, and we, we talked about this a little bit in, in Seven Wonders. There's um, in, in Seven Wonders, there's there's less of an idea. You know, each person has less of an idea of how everybody else is doing. In this one, it's a little bit easier to tell. Yeah. Based on what you see in everybody else's space station. So, in in Among the Star- Stars, I found that you could play a little bit better of a denial game. Right. Um, you know, you, you might be in a position to. You know, take a card and, and put it into your own space station to deny someone else, and and for no. that to have actually a bigger impact. True, well, but, but at the same time, yeah, you're you're playing your own. You're you playing know, your own game for with, the most part. With only four people, too, you it's easier to keep track of yeah of what everyone else is doing, right? Yeah, and you you can have a direct impact on everybody because you know that two turns from now this person wants purple cards, yeah. say, and you can take that away because you. You can see their points on this point track as well mm-hmm. as you play through. Yeah, so. there's a point track that we're moving around our you know ships around that goes from one to fifty, and then you know if you get to fifty, you flip a coin thing over showing that you have fifty points, and then you keep going on the track. Um, true. Uh, so I mentioned red our military. Uh, there's also the purple cards, which are considered recreational cards, it might be like a hollow deck or something like that, and green cards are diplomatic cards. Um, each card, they're, like I said, they're square, and they'll have a, um, a few things on them. There'll be a cost associated with building the card, and there'll be a number of credits. Whether or not it requires any power, it would be the symbol of the cube. Um, at the very bottom of the card will be um, a little text area, and it'll have uh, points. There's points for building the card, so like it's like a big number. You get those points right away when you build the card. And then depending on the color of the background of the text area will determine if you're getting something right away or something at the end of the game. If it's a white background for the text, you're, it's an immediate payoff. So you build the, um, the location, and depending on what the text says, you may get something right away. You might get um, points or you might get credits right away based on what it is. If it's a yellow background, that's for end-of-game scoring. So it's like additional points that you'll get at the end of the game. I think that's it for what the cards are like. Uh, what about the limit card limits? There are, yeah, there was also like a little text area which will sometimes show up um, right above where the points are. So like however many points you're scoring, there sometimes will be a little bit of text right above there, and it'll it'll indicate stuff like um, limits of this card. So you can sometimes they'll say you only ever have one of this card in your space station. Um, or it might give you some other kind of limit. Um, but anything like that is going to be um, right above the point. So it might be like max um, plus five for points. So depending on what the text 
is for bonus points of that card, you may only be able to get a certain number of points out of that card before it maxes out. Um, like the command center, uh, it says it's a blue card. It uh, has maximum of one, meaning you don't ever have one in your space station, and maximum of plus eight points. And then the, space, um, the command center's thing is you get plus one point for each blue location in your station. So when you play that card, or not when you play that card because it's a yellow text box, at the end of the game, if you have up to eight blue cards in your station, you can get up to eight points. But anything beyond that are, um, is lost. You don't get any additional points for it. And that's the kind of thing that you can, you know, if you see somebody is building a certain color and you, and you notice, yeah, he's got a command center, so he's going to be wanting blue, you might want to keep blue away from him for some reason. Um, another thing I didn't mention is there are um, a few global goals that everyone can sort of work towards. And they're like, um, uh, there's a number of goals that come with the game and you shuffle them up and you, you lay out, I think it's three or four, or I think you lay out one per player. It might be what it is. So yeah, there's objective cards, one per player, and they'll give you like a bonus at the end of the game based if you meet its objective. The first person, some of them might be the first person to meet this objective gets the points. Um, and then there might be others where other people can get it as well, or whoever has the most of something gets the points. So like whoever has the most green cards in their space station can get those points. And that's something you can keep an eye on. If you know there's an objective for the most green you can sort of keep an eye of the table, say, okay, who's got more green? Do I want to go for green or not? You know, if it's if if I get the get the chance. Now, I, I kind of found the objectives to be a trap, though, almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they don't give a huge reward. They're almost something you should be thinking about in the last little, little bit, bit. Yeah. not not throughout the game. You're like you don't need to corner if it's four points for the most green buildings that's only four points you get so many mm-hmm. points from the rest yeah i i think they're to be quite honest they're they're almost best um they avoid it as far as as you know your strategy goes don't don't, don't try for them yeah. yeah it's nice if you get one at the end of the game but yeah you can you can actually kind of screw yourself out of points during gameplay by focusing well, too much on th- those and that's exactly what i did during our playthrough is i was like okay there's some objectives right I, I so you're going for those them. objectives and yeah. you guys are rocketing ahead and in, in yeah points. I, I find like yeah especially once you once you get your your space station going um you know like maybe into the the second and third year you, you start to see some better synergies in in your uh, the cards that are that are going around through the draft so um you know yeah i can i can try to get as many you know green green locations in my space station but i I would much rather look for um you know the synergies in some of the blue if you know if you have multiple you know blue locations the points that you're going to accrue from from placing those you know sometimes is is, you know like it's it's cumulative so Mm -hmm. i'd I'd much rather get the points there than you know worry about three or four points off of that objective card well and, and marcus won this one again but Again, with the same strategy of like complete military dominance, essentially, yeah. and while he didn't impact anyone else, I found that the cost in credits to return for the military stations was so high. They didn't really score a lot of points at the end of the game, but they scored so many points for what they cost to mm-hmm. start that it just you now, steamrolled us right from the get-go. 
Well, he steamrolled you and Randall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually a very, a very close second. Yeah. And I didn't get a single objective. And I think he yeah. actually got – he got multiple objectives. He got two of them. But, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, at the same time, I don't think he – either he or I were trying for them. No. And, and so at the end, um, yeah, it's it just he, he ended up with, I think, two out of the four objectives. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't. But I, I yeah. was only a couple points behind him. True. Yeah. So – you know, um, it, it can it can tip the game, obviously, and you know because it did in this case. But well, he got one um, of the objectives that only he could get, which yeah. was reach fifty points first. Yes, and yeah. then the rest, if you were tied, you could get points for. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it was like if you had the there was two building types that if we had them in our station, you got four points for. I think was all it was. Yeah, and then the other one was I think coins. Yeah, if you have a lot of coins, um, end game scoring. Um, you get like uh, a point for every three coins you have. Um, you get points for your power reactors, and if they have any power left on them, like you didn't use up all your power, then you won't get that point, kind of thing. Um, we were playing with objectives. I didn't know I did mention here that you know if you're playing with the optional objectives, so I guess objectives are actually optional. I didn't even know that they were optional until I saw that. So. I, I know. I, I I think you'd have them in there. I, I don't you'd know. Probably why you probably have them anyway. Why not detract from the game? No, no, not in any way. Like yeah. I said, it's more of a trap. If you if you focus on them, you can lose just because yeah. they're not really. You're not paying enough attention to the rest of yeah. your thing. Maybe it's not yeah. important yeah. to get the most green buildings. If you have them at the end of the game for the extra four points, sure. Yeah, but um, or if it's like your last move and you have a card that it's like, well, I can slough it for three credits because it's useless to me or it'll give me one more green building it'll put me over top of my mm-hmm. next closest person yeah uh, one thing we didn't mention is um in seven wonders you're you're you know everyone's building towards a wonder um here we're building a space station but uh way to sort of dif- differentiate things a bit is there's player races so everybody um at the beginning of the game um gets a you know chooses or randomly gets a player race each player race will have a different ability um, I think mine was what the hell was mine? Uh, I remember um, you had the uh, you had the I the, got extra power. Extra power, power so your power reactors gave you three power, which instead actually of two, cost me. Which ended up costing you in the end because you couldn't get points because you had leftover power. You weren't using enough of it. My, mine was quite good. I uh, yeah. at at the start of each year, um, I, I sort of. Out of uh, I think a couple of these chits that have a you know right. color, yeah. Um, I, I get to choose one, and and so you know, like let's say I, I chose the the blue chit, then I, I got a one a one sort of dollar discount on every blue you know, b- location of that of yeah. that same color, and you know throughout the game, you know it, it, at at the you know when I first got that I thought oh you know how how good could this be, but it, uh, but saving that money. Yeah, made a huge, huge difference. Yeah, because each the game. year um, we you get ten credits, so everyone will start with ten credits at the beginning of the year. Um, I think there is even a race that potentially starts that. with more. They start with thirteen. Yeah, it, but then they, they can't save any between. Yeah, they can't. They couldn't stuff, and they, they couldn't, couldn't save a card, and they couldn't save. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. save. Yeah, so in between years, if you had leftover credits, you could keep using whatever credits you had towards another year. But that race couldn't. Nobody had that race this time around. Um, I really can't remember what my race did. Uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It was Were you really the memorable. one that got four credits for sloughing, or is that Marcus's? It might have been Marcus's. You got more for getting rid of a card? Yeah, that's possible. Could be. Yeah. 
But uh, anyways, um, but there are there is that there are a number of races that come with the game uh, to give you a bit of a you know a mixture of it, and there's a, additional races you can get um, either through like the board game geek store yeah. or through expansions. Yeah. Uh, I think I w- we were probably playing with all the races I had except for maybe one because there was I think one race that was reliant on the ambassadors expansion, so we didn't play with that race because we weren't using the ambassadors. We were pretty much playing it as close to base as possible. Yeah. Um, so we're just playing with the base cards and everything. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get the impression with with the the races in, in uh, among the stars. Like I didn't feel like any of them were were overpowered no. or underpowered. You know, they're they're the they're, they're very um, you know minimalist in a way. Like yeah. they they offer a slight advantage, but nothing I was, that I thought upset the game plan. I would I wouldn't say they upset the game plan, but there were some that were just I don't want that. Like I. It was like my I got the ones that gave me the three power station, right? Yeah. Which I thought would be great, mm-hmm. but the only there there were so few things that I ended up seeing that required power that I yeah. like I said I was struggling to use up my power, and it ended up yeah. costing me because I had extra power sitting on a power station because I couldn't get cards that used power up, right? Yeah, and that might have been a, a better advantage for Marcus if he's going military. Right, because mm-hmm. he, he was using all the power cubes. He was building extra stations and yeah. stuff, and I just couldn't get my hands on them. So. I, can't, I, I can't remember. what did How did we how did we choose? Did we, it was, did we it just was one random? Random yeah. or yeah. just randomly? Um, I don't know. I, we found them out. Everyone grabbed a, a race, and that was about it. Yeah. I, you can do it that way. I'm, I'm actually a bigger fan of what we, you know, what we've done with some other games recently. Where, where you draft a you know, race, give, you get a few races and yeah, choose give one out and, two or yeah. three and allow choose people to choose three. one. But, yeah, yeah, and that'd but, be a way to go with this too. There are, yeah. there's maybe not as many options as some games, but yeah, there's sure. probably at least enough that you can easily give each person two and have them choose one. Yeah, wouldn't be too hard. Um, there is a, an aggressive mode which we weren't playing, which brings in conflict cards. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever played with a conflict card. Uh, it's something that gets added in, and then um, you know the first round of play is normal, and then, this, and then starting with the second round, you shuffle as many conflict cards as three times the number of players into the location deck. Yeah, and then each of the next three rounds, every player will draw an extra card from the location deck for a total of seven cards per player, so you get six cards normally. The turns are carried out the same way as the non-aggressive mode, with one exception. When a player selects a conflict card, he cannot build it since it is not a location. Instead, he applies its effects by playing, paying one credit. The other two lo- two actions can be taken as normal. So I guess it's a card that can affect things. It can affect other people maybe or whatever. So it's like it, they call it the aggressive mode. So I guess in place of having a military um, action like they do in Seven Wonders, they have these conflict cards which you can get in your hand and decide to play it if they come around to you. Uh, there's the all-in variant. So one thing I didn't mention is um, when you're setting up the uh, locations, there are a number of cards, um, and you just abide based on number of players. But if you if you have all the players and you have all the main basic location cards in, and then you have a, a set number of special locations, and the special locations, you know, the same thing. They have the, the same colors as the basic locations, so they might have special more special abilities in them. And you'll take a number of special cards based on number of players, shuffle them into the main deck, and and there you go. Um, that's about it. And then they say there's another, there's an all-in variant where you can take all of the special locations, shuffle them in with the basics, make a huge pile, and then you take the t- bottom 20 cards out of the, of the pile uh, out, 
and that's like those are supposed to represent the unused special locations but they could be a mixture of special and basic cards so you get maybe a bit uh, some more special locations coming up which can yeah, just give you some more things to work with just more special abilities more special ways of scoring points that kind of thing um yeah, but that's that's essentially it that's how you play the game it's it's very simple it's just drafting like like seven wonders was um yeah so just go back really quick yeah. uh it, it there is an expansion expanding the alliance that okay. allows two to six players okay so brings it up to six yeah i don't think i have i have quite a few of the expansions i know i have the ambassadors i don't think maybe i have expanding the alliance i'm not sure yeah, I've, I've got i've got yeah. everything i just haven't played i haven't played two to six yeah no and i ha- haven't either because yeah. truthfully i've had this game a long time and I just haven't gotten out as much. Um, you know, it's not quite as, um, what do you want to call it, uh, accessible as Seven Wonders is. Like Seven Wonders, it's a little bit easier to get out and get a bunch of you know different type of people. Seven Wonders is definitely a gateway game. This one I wouldn't really call a gateway game. Maybe, maybe I don't know if it's so much theme as, as anything. Um, or the fact that there's less player interaction than there is in like Seven Wonders. Yeah, I'd say that's probably it. It's more yeah. you really worry about yourself and... It's yeah, the other players are kind of they're stealing your cards maybe, but you're not. Yeah, you know you have no impact on them for the most part, other yeah. than the occasional card that's like give them a victory point so that you can gain two and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, they're just in the room with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so it's, I mean? it's very much multiplayer solitaire in a way. Yeah. You're, you know, you're passing each other cards, and that's essentially it. If you do this, the conflict mode, the aggressive mode, there might be a little bit more interaction, but even then, I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, that might be way to, one way to play it. We'd have to try it, um, and 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 unfortunately, we did, we didn't try it with this, just to see how how you know may, might have made a difference. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, like I actually quite like this game, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's easy to see. I, I think with you know a lot of a lot of the new games coming out, how it, how it gets lost. Yeah, you know, in in sort of the the tides of time, um, you know, it's almost like you you have to have just a, a blockbuster game. Well, especially you know, to, in the market of like science fiction, yeah, setting it, yeah, you need that something that makes it stand out. And there's like that other, the other game we had just previously done in the previous podcast that was building a space station or a moon base. I guess mm-hmm. it was essentially the same thing. Yeah, not. I'm not saying it's exactly the same because no. you, the way you pick your cards, everyone can see your yeah. little hexagons that you little hexes with. that you're building and playing but with. Yeah, it, it's got to compete with that game. Well, and 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 you're right. I think there's there's a few in in this you know this kind of genre and, um, you know with with similar game mechanics and theme. You know, if you if you take a look at let's say uh, Roll for the Galaxy, you know mm-hmm. there there's a game where you're you're building up your space station. You know, or I guess your planet. Not really space station. It's more like your, yeah, yeah your your galaxy. You're, you're conquering planets, but or you're taking over planets. Yeah. It, it's similar and. You know, I, I think that's a better game. Yeah. Even though I, I still like Among the Stars, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, I like Among the Stars a lot too. It, it's but, definitely a good game, but yeah, it just it doesn't have that thing yeah. that make it just a you know pop. I guess you could say it yeah. doesn't pop. You know, like the marketing thing. It's gonna pop. It's gonna pop. Yeah. But yeah, especially with the the expansions, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. that you can do with this game. There's a lot of of you know, variation and, um, you know, I, every game is going to be different with yeah. this. 
And they do have, like, like you said, there's the one, and I may even have it, It's I can't remember, where it adds up to a couple extra players. So I do, I know, if I look, I think I have additional player pieces that I may not have used before. Um, they also bring in, like, one of the expansions is the Ambassadors, and that's mm-hmm. where you can have Ambassadors that can go to other people's space stations. We didn't, you know, we didn't play with any of that, um, just because we try to keep it as close to base as possible yep. when we're comparing two games, if we can. So... Um, but yeah, I think from how we're talking, it's going to be pretty obvious. I think we prefer Seven Wonders. You know, we all maybe like both, but I, I know for me, I'm going to say for myself, I prefer Seven Wonders. I like Among the Stars. But out of the two, I think it's just a little bit better rounded game. Is a better experience when you're playing with more players and it has the ability to go to seven players where this one was only, you know, for the most part from the base game, it's only four players. That's yeah, me. I, I'd agree with that, I think. Yeah. And, well, I... I still did enjoy Among the Stars. It, yep. Seven Wonders is an easier game to bring out. Yeah. I think that's it. it. It's easier to bring out and put on the table, and you're not worrying about whether there's enough players because mm-hmm. up to seven people is. Uh, it's one of the things that I've noticed, and I've actually stated several times recently yeah. with you guys, <laughs> is the biggest problem with a lot of good games is they only play four people. Up to four players, and, usually, and yeah. And, and it, it doesn't make the game worse. It's just only four players when you have a group of like six people consistently it just doesn't see table time yeah. because of it well and even with among the stars if you if you look on bgg um you know even with the expansion that adds more people everyone is still saying it's best played with three. Oh, really oh, really yeah <laughs> it's all you know two to four two to four two to six but it's all best the best That's play it. is with three yeah. which is interesting because because it's a similar game to seven wonders like seven wonders doesn't detract from having more or less players it's essentially the same experience regardless mm-hmm. you wouldn't think this one would be as big a deal either because again you're getting a hand of cards you're choosing a card and you're drafting it yeah and and, and yeah. all play is simultaneous it's all simultaneous so it's yeah. not like you're waiting yeah so i don't that might just be the people who played it maybe just maybe don't like four players i don't know maybe only had three players <laughs> i think if i was looking like outside of just like the simplicity and ease of I think the one thing that stands out differently for me for Seven Wonders is that the ages actually matter. True. Like, you know you're going to be having an escalation of power. Yeah, whereas this is one big stack, stack. and there's no difference at the top of the stack or the bottom of the stack. Yeah, you get a very high point cost card right at the start compared to some, like, zero point very small card in the fourth year. So and it makes it a little harder to plan what yeah. you're going to do. And another difference with this one is there's more planning in this one because in, in Seven Wonders, yeah, okay, I'm building this card, and it just add, it gets added to my brown cards. It gets added to my blue cards. There's no positioning thing yeah. to worry about. Whereas this one, I'm going to play this card. Now where I'm going to put this card. Then you're starting to get a – so it does take a little longer because you are figuring out how you're going to build your table. And it gets really big. Like um, we were playing in a good-sized table, yeah. and we are starting to run out of rooms. Like, oh, crap. I gotta be careful how I expand my space station. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't imagine putting six space stations on a table. On a, that, that that would be a thing. That might be the reason. Then, I mean, when you start Maybe. thinking about the, how much table space this yeah, game no, can take, no one has your a table big enough. Table, you'd, yeah, three people would yeah. be enough. Yeah, three people would not. Four was was stretching it. It was you know it was getting there. Because yeah, that yeah. was a big table. I, we didn't have the leaf in it or anything. No, extended out. That's further, true. But that would have just made people further apart and harder yeah. to see stations. Yeah. It would have given you the room, but then you'd be like craning to see, well, is that guy? Yeah. 
something that I should be aware of. Then you'd still be a little bit limited in how far you can go out. Maybe you can go a little bit farther to the sides, but maybe not as much out, you know, like in front of you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I could see that. That If you're going space-wise, then yeah, I could see three players being the sweet spot. Four is not too bad, but then six would be really straining your table space. Put two tables together. Yeah, hope exactly. Space. <laughs> I, I think an, another reason that I... I yeah, I, I guess I'm... I'm I, because, like, like I said, I, I really like Among the Stars. I'm reluctantly going with with Seven Wonders as well. Yeah. I think, for me, it's it's the Antoine Bauza pedigree. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's engaged me with so many different games. And, I mean, you can you can see his influence all... I mean, not just influence. I mean, he created a game. But, yeah. you know, his his style of gameplay in, in Seven Wonders. And, and there's something appealing to that. It's, you know, it's it's all a lot of his games. It's it's entirely, um, mm-hmm. you know, icon driven. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's it once your brain has absorbed the icon set and what what things mean, it it moves so smoothly. Mm-hmm. And this one came out like a year after Seven Wonders, so you, you gotta know this. Got to be some influence. Just absolutely yeah. influence. You know, he said, "Oh, maybe he's been thinking about this game for a while before Seven Wonders came out." But maybe, you know, maybe once Seven Wonders came out, he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I can take it and do it this way." And then mm-hmm. he sort of brought this whole space station thing. Maybe he had a space station game in his head from the start, and then maybe when Seven Wonders came out, it gave him a way of thinking, "Oh, this is how I can do it." Because you can definitely see the influences there. But it's it's different enough, different enough game yeah. that it's its own thing. It's just, yeah, Seven Wonders. Just a little nicer, a little easier to get out, and a little bit more accessible for other players, not just big gamers, but non-serious gamers. Mm-hmm. So uh, so there you have it. Seven Wonders is our winner for the week. Um, so now we'll go on to our Imperial Salt segment. It's going to be a weaker segment this week. Abbreviated. Abbreviated, I guess. <laughs> just because you know not a lot has happened recently. Um, you, you look on the forums, there's still, I think, a few regionals that are out there that are you know, still finishing up or whatever. There hasn't been anything new announced um, since they've announced those new ones that are eventually going to be coming out. But, you know, we'll start seeing previews yeah. uh, probably the next couple months or so as they get closer to actually coming out. But nothing's come out. Yeah, still waiting for my Anchorhead Cantina <laughs> Anchorhead Skirmish mat. Yeah. And truthfully, we haven't even been playing any Skirmish since the last no, regional. Not since yeah. regionals. It's, sort, it's sort of... I, we're taking a bit of a break. It's a deserved break. We, play, we were playing a lot of it up until now. Um, and then, you know, other things come out that we're interested in trying out. Well, yeah, and it, it, yeah. It, even with Jabba's Realm, the skirmish format starts to grow stale. Yeah. Because you, you start seeing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And it, there's something to be said for it after Jabba's Realm and its diversity, but it's still... If you're fighting mercenaries, it's this. If you're yeah. fighting Imperials, it's this. Like, yep. So it does get a little bit stale in that regard. And every time they bring out something new, it'll kind of mm-hmm. repick up interest for a little bit. Yeah, and so don't think that you know we're giving up we're on Imperial Assault. No. No, no, not ragging on it, and we're not giving up on Imperial Assault. But for the next couple episodes, there may not be a huge you know discussion on Imperial Assault. We'll try to come up with some interesting content, so don't give up on us. Um, one thing we should mention, um, a correction from our um, regionals report. Uh, we made a mistake on the um, one card, the uh, last, resort. last resort card. 
um, there was a uh, was it a podcast or a video? Uh, no, it was a YouTube. It was uh, a YouTube thing you were yeah. watching, and they were talking about Last Resort and how it was um, a play immediately type of thing. That, so they made a mistake on their well, on they, their they thing. they made the claim that it was you had to use it. Yeah, as soon as one of your guys died in a group that had Last Resort, right? And they and were we, right about one thing in that yeah. you have to deplete to use, and it can only be used once. So if you put it on hired guns, only one of your only hired one of your guns guys could it. explode with it. But it was pointed out to us, and this was something that I, I shouldn't even mention in the podcast. I'd seen it, yeah, and I didn't have a chance to fact check it before it came up, and yeah. I wasn't expecting it to come up. But it and was it a did. way, <laughs> yeah, it did, and yeah. we we weren't using it that way. No, and we, um, even in my game, because uh, you know, we hadn't talked about this prior. And in my game, when I was playing against that one particular um, opponent that had it, um, I used it. We used it correctly because I, I read it and I interpreted it that yeah, you choose to uh, to the deplete keyword is deplete. was pointed out on the forums. Yeah, us. you get to choose. To so deplete. we were. Uh, I was lucky that we didn't misuse it. But um, we just, when we were talking, we made reference to the other um, ruling that was not. Correct, well, and so and from people who were usually usually fairly good. reliable, yeah, and like this can happen. We repeated it, and you know, it's yeah, like I said, you know, didn't fact fake check. news, exactly. fake news. news. That's right, it's all fake news. You know, <laughs> you can't trust the sources. Yeah, yeah, it didn't agree with us, so it's fake. <laughs> and and while we say we're taking a break from Imperial Assault, we're only taking a break for the, the skirmish. Chats, but we've been running yeah. through. We finished up the Bespin campaign. We finished up the Bespin campaign. Moved on to Java. We started realm. on Java's realm. So the Bespin one. Um, Without giving any spoilers, like Imperials just could not pull it together, even on the last one. It came really close on the last one. Uh, like all the mm-hmm. missions were close. That's at least I'll give that as a positive. Um, yeah. Even though as the Imperials, I lost the whole thing. Um, each mission came, you know, usually came down to the wire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was it was good that way. And you could see where. Yeah, I didn't feel like any of it was lopsided. Yeah. And you guys were getting really good, like your characters were getting all their yeah. abilities, and, and it made it tough on me. Um, but you could see them trying to balance that a little bit with their missions. Like the very last mission, and I don't want to give spoilers for people who haven't played Bespin yet, but the one thing, um, a, a really big dude comes out <laughs> at a certain point in the last mission. And you could tell that, because the way the, the, the mini campaign goes is, you know, if they win, do this. If, they lo- if you lose, do this. And so this is like the mission they knew. This is the mission going in the final mission that if you lost the previous ones or however many previous ones, you'd get this mission. So you could see that, okay, they're maybe trying to balance things a bit towards the Empire um, with the, the surprise reveal after a certain number of turns. Uh, and, and the way that this character interacted made it so you could say, like, oh, shit, he's like a... Well, it was shocking. He was shocking, yeah. and he was like, oh, man, we got to stay away from him kind of thing. So, you know, they they um they maybe try to tip it a little bit towards the Imperial players, but still, you know, with their combined powers and everything that they were able to get finish the mission and and well, you know, and, and again, it, I think it came down to one of our heroes. Yeah, three of your heroes got flipped before got flipped, the end, and yeah. I made it out with the important objective with the objective within the last. Yeah. Well, there wasn't a time limit in this one, was there? Um, there was a. Was there a round limit? I can, no, maybe no, not. Not in no. this one. Not no, the last no round one. limit. No. It, but it was get there as hell as like as fast as yeah. you can. And I had the right. Yeah. I was using Diala, who ignored 
terrain and yeah. stuff, so I could just motor through with yeah. the objective. Yeah. But still, it was close, mm-hmm. which was then surprising when we started Java's Realm, where now I'm playing the Imperials, and yep. we have <laughs> you playing Mern. Yeah, and we come across Mern's mission as a side mission on the second mission. It Mern's mission was created with the Bespin campaign. And yeah, holy crap! Was I surprised at how tough that was for the yeah. rebels? Like, it was hard. Yeah, and yeah, we, we've we've that's our our second mission, and they are they have both been meat grinders. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the first one, I chalked up the first part of Java's Realm, the first story introduction mission, to being uh, we have two players that aren't exactly experienced with it with my son a friend there and And then you playing the imperials who are experienced yeah (laughs) and i have a lot of experience (laughs) yeah maybe not with the imperials but with the game in general yeah and it's like i tried to stress at the beginning like anyone who's running a game for people should that focus on your objectives Mm -hmm. try and get through it like there is a time pressure keep that in mind and, and in the end, without giving it away, it came down to positioning. Yes. Um, if yep. you hadn't positioned something a certain way, we, we probably could have gotten it. But the, you had one bigger character in the way of something and it just made it impossible for us to, in that last round, to well, and get what we needed. As, so it was as, close. It was another close yeah. one. As Drew pointed out during the game, it's like I always ended up positioning my troopers in just the right spot. Yeah. And most of the time yeah. it was accidental where it's like you guys had to walk through them. Mm-hmm. So you were wasting movement, and it well, was just the, like, at the same time, there, there there was that. The only and and like I said, this it was a meat grinder. There was only one other thing that I I thought had had that thing happened differently, we possibly could have won. And that was uh, a, a door was opened at, at the, the end, end of, the of our of our turn. Yeah, yeah. we made that which mistake. Which immediately mistake triggered. Yeah. Yeah, the deployment so of some imperial assets. If you're new to and the campaign, don't open doors at, at the yeah. end of a turn. At the end of a turn. It, always it, wait it's the usually beginning. a surprising something. When yeah. But, but that being said, you know, I suspect that we we might have been able to win. Had we made had, yeah, had that yeah. not. I, but I fully agree with that. at the same time, we may not have won. That's true. I think it was But there was the only two things where I thought if, if – only they had happened differently. Maybe, and that and I mean that maybe we could have won. Yeah, there's no, there was no guarantee because it, no. it was tough. Yeah, but then both the, of those. The Murns mission, though, like when you guys sat down to play, I even stated outright, yeah. right yeah. from the beginning, mm-hmm. I was like, I've looked through this, and I honestly can't see yeah. a way for you guys <laughs> to pull this off. And I was giving like my best ideas and being honest with it, yeah. like yeah. how how maybe this could work. Yeah, I, I remember. You know, I I think I was the the first one to show up to your your place for the game, and you had already had it all laid out, and that was I think the first thing you said to me is I don't know how you guys are going to win this. Yep. <laughs> and and sure enough, when when everybody showed up and you you know was you were explaining the objectives, I I think there there was probably five minutes where we were we were paralyzed. Like we, we couldn't even put our, our figure on the board yeah. because we were trying to figure out how the hell is this going to work. And yeah, it started and it, out not yeah. bad, but... And not, yeah. like, there's, this isn't really a spoiler because it's, like, the mission objective right from the start is yeah. Mern's mission is trying to move civilians from certain parts of the map mm-hmm. into a safe room. At yeah. one, and the safe room starts on the opposite end of where the heroes start. Yeah. And to to move these civilians, 
you have to spend a special action and test perception mm -hmm. and you can cause endurance strain to yourself to give additional give them additional movement successes for yep. this thing but at the same time if you try and attack the imperial player's troops when they can see you these people think you're the bad guy which gives the imperial player Special panic tokens. Panic tokens, which, which are strain tokens. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, yeah. something as simple as making a blue die attack with no defense from the civilians by spending a panic token to hurt the heroes. It, it just, it was laid out right from the start. And even, to be honest, you guys didn't see the the groups that I picked yeah. to play this. Right. But I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm taking anything serious for open groups for this. I had Ugnaughts. <laughs> and I never had to bring him out because you guys yeah. didn't really focus. Like, I, I just reinforced what was on the board. Yeah, yeah. We were mostly... Yeah, like, we, we really did... selective of when we could attack. Yeah. yeah, and you guys did a really good job even with that, with preventing those civilians from seeing you when you attack because you have yeah. Shyla and Vinto in your group, which yeah. Shyla could whip people into position to cause blocking the line of sight mm -hmm. yeah uh Mern made it so that you can make people attack each other instead of you guys doing it yeah if i could make an imperial person attack himself and then instead of us attacking them that helped and yeah. vinto was fast enough to position himself appropriately yeah so even with all those advantages and you guys moved like the first civilians quite a distance in the first yeah, round. We got yeah actually uh Mern and uh and van were like and i was surprised because yeah my my perception is not that great. Yeah, Ben was weak with perception. Uh, but yeah, between you know Randall and myself, we we started moving like them six, quite quickly. Yeah. Six squares or something in the first turn. For yeah, the one and, and pretty close. Yeah, she was the furthest at civilian, and I think they had to move another six spaces or to get so. too and, close to a door. And you have yeah. seven rounds to do, and it was just like that wasn't enough because you guys focused yeah. on moving the civilians so that you just got shot. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that was it. Like, you know, immediately Mern just started getting lit yeah, up. Yeah, getting lit up and, and, and a bad... Because you had to be within a certain number of squares to move a civilian. So you, yeah. you had to be close and, and, and also put you in close to the Imperials. Well, and yeah. my you first move... as much strain as you could spend. Yeah. And they gave Trandoshan Hunters yeah. to the Imperial yeah. player to start with, which <laughs> caused strain. And you have to get close to these guys. Yeah, and, and my, my first move was to throw myself between them and Mern because, you know, like it, it was in, in one sense, I, I you know, I think we were immediately shocked, like before the game even started, you know, we were immediately shocked by like the weight of how much there was to do in yep. in a short period of time. We knew we, we only had essentially the luxury of one extra one round. One extra round. At best. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I thought going, before we even started the game, going into it, that there's no way we can win this. And then when when Randall and I actually got, well, you know, a couple oh, of these civilians moving. Hope. It yeah. was like, oh, we can do this. And then you got shot. Well, and then, yeah. and then immediately Mern got lit up. Yeah. And yeah, you, you start thinking like, yeah, this is this is actually how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. We're we're going to have to trade combat for getting lit up. Like yeah. we're going to have to sacrifice combat to get these civilians moving, but then we're just going to get lit up. Yeah, and that's I mean that's ultimately what it, what ended up happening. Yeah, yeah and, and we I, we moved the civilians quite well, but we just got rocked. And we just couldn't the, get them in the room yeah. after you guys had left. Yeah, I was discussing it with my son. Yeah, and, and Marcus was saying, well. I think the best we could have done, like the only thing we could have changed, was to have two people just solely focus on killing people and not yeah. be so worried about the panic tokens. Yeah. And have the other two people focused on moving. 
But the the problem with that is is that we had to get six civilians in there. Yeah, there's not quite a few civilians to get into a room, and it takes five. us an action. Five? Was yeah. it five? One, two, three, four. Was yeah, there's five. Five? Yeah. It could still. have been, but still, that's <laughs> that is a lot to move to get two like two two rebel figures well, moving five. I think the two and two idea. I don't know, I don't know that it. I don't I think don't it could think have. It would have worked necessarily, yeah. but if you spend the time almost trading off. Mm-hmm. So that these two are attacking the Imperials, and you have to finish off the important ones first, like the Trandoshan hunters, which is death, and then yeah. having the Wing Guard to protect them. If you yeah. let them get close to the Wing Guard, again, it's causing strain that you can't afford because you mm-hmm. need it to send these people with. So if you trade off having one person or the two people like shooting, and then the other two people resting and moving, the other like the civilians. And then trade off so the other people trade off their endurance to move them and then rest to get rid of it or double move if they can afford it, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it might have been I, I still don't I still say it's a like on balance. Yeah. I, I don't see how it could I, I don't but... see the victory condition for rebels being I mean, possible. On the other hand, po- I mean possibly with different different rebel heroes, maybe. I, I like I, I don't know I haven't really kind of gone back to look through the the you know the different heroes I mean it's obviously it's it's Mern's side mission so Mern would have to be there yeah but I don't know about the heroes. other three they're they're strong heroes yeah. from what I can tell like I, I have I no think so. complaints with Vinto and Shyla and they're the only unknowns here because Mern and Fen are both excellent campaign heroes. yeah and from what I can see of Shyla and Fen or in Vinto I mean this both seem pretty good Vinto's damage output can seem weird at times because a lot of his cards are like negate all damage to do one if they right. dodged and stuff like that but he, he can put out quite good damage for being able to hit like two targets at the same time yeah, and Shyla's positional yeah, ability and speed yeah. like being able to whip someone away is a huge advantage because she could she could move I think she's speed five now at this point Potentially, well, maybe with a special thing. I well, think she may have even started at five. Did she start at five or she four? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. Remember. But she's fast, and then she gets the yeah. squares with the Mandalorian whip. Yeah, so yeah. she can make that Imperial player lose positioning because she has that thing at the beginning stuff. of her turn. She can choose to either recover or recover and get a strain or get a move or get a move. Yeah, yeah. And so. I, I took the additional movement. With my my one ex- so yeah, experience, so Fen's yeah. relatively quick now. Oh yeah, and Fen's but, an excellent character. Like from the original yeah. set, he's excellent. Yeah. It, the Jabba's realm characters, Onar, I, I don't see much use for. Yeah, well, like out of the three, Onar is the one that's like. But Vinto yeah. and Shiloh Vinto and Shiloh are, are strong. Strong. Yeah, and, and Mern, I like Mern. Um, I've only I've only done one upgrade with her so far, and that's her first number one upgrade where she can roar to stun an enemy. And you guys were actually nice. set up pretty good yep. for that mission because you have the back to infusion. I think uh, yeah, called. I have a yeah. back to infusion, which gives me a back a strain each turn. Plus, nice. you have the ability to give people back a strain when if you're they're targeted. Um, if I get hurt and they're within three of me, then I give them back yeah. a strain. Which so is you guys nice too. had yeah. a lot of strain. We were recovering recovery, a lot of strain, yeah. and yet you still couldn't force mm-hmm. those civilians fast enough without mm-hmm. getting flipped. Yeah, yep. it was a tough mission. I don't know. And maybe maybe be, if we if we'd been able to go after strategic. Um, imperial figures. I, I know one one combination that we that we saw a couple times um, that was just absolutely devastating was 
was the imperial officer and uh and greedo yeah yeah I'm Greedo. like he the deck that gives me two villains he just yeah. <laughs> you know one one second he's on one side of the board and the next he was all the way across yeah yeah he was nasty that well, was so you brutal. guys in the first mission that you faced him killed him pretty quick yep but in this one you were afraid to shoot at him because well, he is always a well, location that, a wing guard, which or somebody caused strain, or he was a in civilian. view of a civilian, and we're trying to go. And if I shoot him, this civilian's going to see me. And yeah, like, we oh. would have given you your your <laughs> panic token. Yeah, which and, we probably shouldn't have been which, so. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. not, because Greedo was hitting you pretty hard. He was. He was yep. actually pretty good. Yeah, so, I have to admit that. But I, yeah, it, it's it was the call that you guys thought made the most sense given how you were mm-hmm. approaching the mission. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the choice and. I mean, I was strategically positioning when I shot to make sure that you had that. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're going to take that starting shot at Greedo, you're going to give me a panic token, and mm-hmm. you're going to take a strain because he's beside a wing guard. Right. So, I mean, that's just play style and the command deck that the Imperial yeah. is playing with at any time, right? Yeah. And it might have been – it might have played out differently, too, if it wasn't the second mission. It, like, if it – came up as side mission number four yeah that's the thing too is like really early and i find some of these um especially these side missions that are character related they do tend to be a bit tougher um like when we were doing the hoth campaign Mm -hmm. i got we got the verena one early and i was playing verena and it was a a bugger it was that (laughs) mission was tough um because you had to get to a certain place and then once you get to that certain place it's like something springs on you and it's like you have to be prepared to to survive it, and it was yep. impossible. And that was an early mission too. So it's almost like you want these character driven ones to come later because we got Gideon's later in that same one, yeah. and his was like almost not really a cakewalk, but it was pretty simple. It wasn't that hard. And I don't know if that was because it was later or if it's just maybe an easier mission. Maybe yeah, it might I've be had... the relation of the the gift you get out of it. I, I had the feeling that it was just easier. That's an easier mission. And all that one is you get rewarded because, with rebel troopers. Yeah, that yeah. was that was actually the the only one we won. Yeah, that was the only and mission how we won. And are you going to give yeah. the Imperial player the threat to bring in We, we won troopers. a couple times, but because yeah. they weren't, yeah. Because that's giving him a stormtrooper squad in exchange yeah. for yes. your... Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So maybe it probably comes down to what the reward is as opposed to, you know... What you're getting. Yeah, because if you yeah. guys had pulled Merms off, we the Android a... was useful. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. actually kind of, it would have been a nice little. It would have been an annoyance for me to deal with for yeah. the next, you know, six missions. Six, yeah, six, we would have liked, we would have enjoyed that. That would have been a great annoyance. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> like, like I said, it, I, at that point, I'm almost looking at the mission going, come on, figure something out. Yeah. Like, I, I'm almost rooting for the, I, and I'm supposed to be trying to win, but I'm sitting there going, yeah. what if you guys did something like this? Yeah. Like, can you can you pull this off? Because it it just looked so unbalanced yeah. right mm-hmm. from the start. I I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see how we'll see the rest of this goes. This one wasn't goes, part of Java's but... realm. The first one surprised you guys, which I mean, it all of their missions campaign wise have been that way. There's that you open a door and it's like, what's oh, going to be behind this door? That, you're, yeah. almost, you're afraid to open doors. That one, uh, yeah, that one was really hard to take because uh, you know one one of the first questions I asked, we sat down and and you know, it's how many rounds do we get? Yeah, and you know, seeing how how that uh, that map was laid out, and and we had to kind of follow this circuitous path, and you know, I, I knew right from right from the start that we have to run. Like yeah. we, you know, we we you know we can probably kill a couple, you know, troopers along, along the, way. the way, but we have basically got to suck up some damage and just run. And that was a big thing and we, too. With the I thought we, but I thought we did really well in that. Like yeah. we we got to that door, and then when we it got opened, choked. and it when I we saw what was on the other side, it was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it. What the heck, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just soul-crushing. Yeah. yeah. But in Mern's mission, um, we ended up getting choked with, with enemies mm-hmm. near the, the rooms where we needed to get the civilians yeah. in at the end. So it's like we couldn't do anything without there being a ton of enemies right there to jump on us to do stuff. Yeah, was, uh, yeah you're pushing everything in front of you, yeah. which just – you know, well, and, and it clogs up the hallways, yep. right? Like it yeah. was – Well, and It early... makes it harder to maneuver, um, you know, like especially one of the doors – you know, I've I've basically pushed two civilians up there, but you know I can't push them it? even more because then yeah, how do I open this? Yeah, and the reason and... I say this may have gone better later is because Trandoshan Hunter, like that, yeah, they're a powerful basic unit with basic, six health yeah. at, at an early stage where you guys are rolling blue green mm-hmm. for your dice with very limited abilities. Well, I don't without any you can focus. Yeah, no focusing. No yeah, focus. no focusing. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. it's like that early that. That's a two, three shot commitment, and if each shot's giving panic, then mm-hmm. uh, I mean I can understand that not wanting to shoot those guys. Yeah. But as you say, when it gets to the you're trying to get these guys through a door, and there's this just clump of troops that in close they're ripping you apart. Yep. It, it makes it that much harder. Yep. So do you waste two activations to kill the Trandoshans, or do you? try and move the civilians and i originally i would have thought before playing through that move the civilians was kind of the right answer Mm -hmm. but then that just the damage starts adding up and then you have to worry about being flipped and losing that way as well Mm -hmm. which is it makes it tough makes it tough yeah we'll see Uh, how the next java's realm i think the first java's realm story mission is winnable i I don't think it's i think it was a a bit of timing issue with you guys not not that it was like horrible no. so we'll see what the next one was because i thought the bespin ones were fairly good just yeah. learn side mission all of a sudden surprised me there <laughs> yeah and the next um next one's a story mission so we'll yeah. see how it goes so we'll see how that Absolutely. one balances out yeah yeah and part of another part of the reason we haven't playing imperial assault as much as well is because we also i got the inferno um arcadia quest inferno kickstarter delivered to me and it, was, it came in two huge boxes tons of stuff because i went all in i got all the uh, all the expansion stuff for Inferno. So I have all these little dragons. I got all the extra figures. You know, the whole lot of lava. It's just it's a big stack of stuff. Yeah, I don't know how many how many boxes. <laughs> it came in two huge boxes. No, no, no but then in, inside because there's. Um... Well, you get the Inferno box, um, which is a you know standard square, you know good sized yep. box. It's fairly thick. Then you get the pets box, another square box, a little bit thinner than Inferno, but not much thinner. And it has got a ton of models in there, and a little in a full six um, scenario quest in it. Yeah. Then you get um, the whole lot of whatever, and it's like the or what is it called? It's like hell or something like that. I think on the top there, the big oh, box. Uh, hell of a box. Hell of a box. That's all the Kickstarter. <laughs> hell of a box. Hell of a box. That's like the Kickstarter exclusive stuff. That you know all the kick- exclusive heroes, um, some maybe some monsters, and I think a few pets. Because um, you get a bunch of pets in, there, in the pets box, and you get that. Then you get all the little boxes, you know, the little expansion box dudes that come with it. Yeah. And then you get like four freaking dragons, and they're like each one's you know a smaller square box, but it's a fairly thick box. And so there's like four different dragons, which you can each dragon can be used at the end of any scenario. So like after you've done your sixth um, scenario in a campaign, you can say, okay, now we're all going co-op against a dragon. And then I haven't even looked at the dragons yet. So we, we've started that. We've, we've started, we have four of us, James included, who you heard during the um, the regionals one. 
he's playing with us. So all four of us are playing through uh, yes, the Infernal Campaign. Yes, we've done three? We've done three missions. Three yeah, missions we, we, so far. We've polished off um, two today, and we did one like a week ago. And um, it's fun. I, uh, I've, been playing, I've been playing a bit more. Like I played in for, um, the original Arcadia Quest a bit, and I'm doing a campaign with a friend as well. So I've, I've had a bit more experience with it, and you two are, this is your first experiences with it. Um, and Infernal, you know, it's very much the same as the original, but then you get a bunch of little extra stuff, like you get the Damnation tokens. Uh, damnation. Um, it's a like horrible, a... Horrible it's, curse. It is. It people. actually, it really, <laughs> it's hard to tell because you get, you all have equipment, and some of your equipment will say, take a Damnation to get a benefit. You know, maybe it's roll another die, or, you know, or something like that. And how, and that Damnation at the end of the uh, game, whenever, in, in regular Arcadia Quest, whenever you die, you get a death token. And at the end of the game, you get a, you know, you, you draw a death curse for every death token for that character. And some of them, you might not get a curse, you might get something powerful, it's hard to say. Death, um, Damnation, for every two Damnation tokens, you also get a death curse. But throughout the game, uh, there's all these cards littered around the, the playing area called Brimstone cards. That you can pick up. And when you pick up a brimstone card, you read it and you say, okay, um, take control of a minion. And so you can, like, a minion moves or a, a villain is on the prowl. And so what it is, is you can, just for a brief moment, take control of a minion, do a move, and attack. But that attack might get plus one die for every damnation token on the target. So if you got a whole bunch of damnation tokens and all of a sudden, like a, a level one or two demoness, which is normally like a, a three attack creature comes up to one of your heroes who might have maybe you know, say you have three damnation they're rolling six dice against you it's like well yeah, it was yeah. i mean worse in my case i had i had two of my heroes that had six yeah six, six damnation. damnation tokens <laughs> yeah. at one point one of them had seven i managed to slough one off yeah but yeah you, you're you know you have this hero who on his third mission is is like deathly afraid of these like these minor minion <laughs> little characters. minor minion characters because they might get a um, these brimstone cards that's going to yeah. make them super powerful. Yeah. My my question is is how are we going to do a cooperative mission after all the hate we're going to build up by the <laughs> oh, sixth yeah. mission? Because like oh, I hate I you all. When yeah. You screwed me over in mission yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's. And a and I've been more than a little involved in it myself, but yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of that. Uh, and there's a little bit in this game, a little bit of that snowball effect where, he, like Jeff won the first mission and uh, he ended up getting a, a title out of it. Which, and how the, if you've never played Arcadia Quest, uh, how it works is there's um, a number of quests um, that you're trying to accomplish. There's PvP, which is where you're trying. To, you know, every time you destroy an enemy hero, you get to put one of your tokens on their particular PvP quest. So each each guild has its own quest. And so, uh, and then there's usually a couple of PVE versus the environment, and eat, and they're, those are ge- um, geared towards the specific scenario you're doing. So it might be like the very first scenario was there's a couple um, cerebrus on the uh, board, and if you killed one of the cerebrus, you'd you know complete that quest, and the first two people to do it would also get a special reward card. And in that case, it was a, a special sword. And then the other PVE quest on that on the very first one that we were doing, um, if you get all your heroes in a certain location, then you you fulfill that quest. And the whole point of Arcadia Quest is you have to complete three quests, and at least one of those quests has to be one of the PVE ones in order to win that scenario. 
And so Jeff, you went got the first. The, yeah, I got to the gates and killed. You got to the two gates, people. got your PVE, and you killed a couple of us to get your three quests. And then this last two we did, James was just rolling us over with that one. You were doing good on the first one we did today, but then well, but then everyone ganged ganged up, up on, on you <laughs> in the next one a little bit, yeah. Which is funny because it started off horrible for me in the first yeah. one. The first mission, it's like my first hero moves mm-hmm. out of his room. Randall kills him with the minion movement. With a minion, yeah. Just like because <laughs> of the exploding dice. It's just like, okay, threw my entire plan out the window. Yeah. And then uh, this is the, I think in every mission, I've had someone throw a monster right in my way so I couldn't progress. Yeah, maybe because um, uh, uh, in this one... The starting areas, each per, each guild starting area was off by itself, and the only way out of it was through a, a portal that you could teleport out of your starting area into um, the main area, or into another someone else's starting area, as Drew found out as he went around stealing everyone's treasures. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hey, yeah. if you're just going to leave money lying around, that's true. <laughs> lying around, I, I couldn't move fast enough to get. Couldn't to even it. get to it. <laughs> you're always there stealing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think I got into it. three yeah, three of your starting areas. areas. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. plugged mine with a big yeah. creature, a big demon. After creature, you yeah. left, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's still a fun game, but there's a bit of a snowball if, if you start doing really well and you get a lot of gold um, because in between each scenario there's an upgrade phase where you can buy equipment, and you know there's some really good items and that cost quite a bit of gold. So if you can get a lot of gold amassed up from killing creatures, completing um, quests, you, it can snowball a bit because there's and. We were saying that there's, there's this armor that came out of um, the second, second quest, quest we did. that seems a little OP, and maybe it is. Um, well, it gives so many defense. Yeah. We we have one character rolling eleven, defense rolling eleven dice. defense dice. Yeah, and I have one rolling and ten. You have ten yeah. with a reroll, with two rerolls, with two, two rerolls. rerolls. Yeah, so it, it, it it's all situational. It's not impossible because the defense dice um, they're six out of die, three. and there's the one in three chance of rolling uh, a defense. But when you're rolling eleven, but when you're rolling eleven, there's a pretty much good yeah. average that how, you're. How gonna, many of those statistically are exploding? Yeah. So you're rolling extra dice. Yeah, and so I don't, if you don't know Arcadia it's Quest, like on the attack dice and on the defense dice, there's always one side that's a, an explosion symbol. And so on the attack dice, it means you hit on either a ranged or a close, depending on what you're doing, and you get to roll a new die and add it to your results. So every time you roll an exploding symbol, you add another die, and the defense is the same. One side has a shield the other side has the exploding symbol which still acts as a shield and then you have four blanks so that's why it's like one in three chance of rolling a defense but one of one of them is an explosion you always you could add more dice and potentially get more, more defense, defense. Yeah. <sighs> now now of course there's spells and stuff that are supposed to counter it but when the person who has the armor has the spell and yeah. there are special <laughs> abilities too like i have a one of my he- um, heroes is um the hero version of one of the demons viola um, if she's attacking somebody who's flanked, um, she takes away their defense die. And as long as she's using a melee attack or a sword or something like that, she takes away their defense die. So that can be really, you know, somebody might have 11 defense, but she could potentially take it all away. And there's other characters like that, too, who can take away defense. It just, yeah, so it's yeah, a bit It's tough. fulfilling the player versus player as well. Yeah. The player versus environment yeah. that we used to need Imperial Assault for. Which, yeah. I mean, it, you take that break. <laughs> 
it's good for the skirmish game to kind of mm-hmm. step away and maybe reimagine stuff. And it's four-player, which is nice. You have, how much is Cool two. Mini or not paying us for plugging this during? Absolutely not. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I paid them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to plug this. So, no, it's go. a good game. So. It is. It, is, it's it deserves it. a plug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, we'll see, well, we'll see how that how the snowball actually yeah. turns out. We're halfway through. We're halfway through the, the no, just once, once through this because like, yeah. you can definitely play it multiple times because there's different routes. Um, and how it is is like you start with like in Inferno. It's a little different from with the original. The original is similar. You um, you have a couple starting missions. You can do one starting mission or the other. So we did one. There's another starting mission we could always start with on a whole different playthrough. And then you go down to the second level, which has two different ways you can go east or west. And either way you go, there's three missions, and you do two of those three missions. So we've done we've gone one way and have done two of those missions. Um, so there's another way we can go, which has three different missions we've never played. And then they both funnel down into a third layer, which has three missions in it. We'll end up doing, yeah, two of those in the third layer, leaving one we hadn't done. I think it was about a third of the missions you won't see on a playthrough. Yeah. And then if you add in with how many characters you got with the all-in Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. 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 There's Even a lot of different combinations. Replaying the same mission with a whole different set of characters will change how you oh, approach it. Yeah, totally. And so there's that too. So it's, it's very replayable. And yeah, the the final mission is going to be the same each time, but that's okay. You know, by the time you get down there, you're going to be a whole you know different scenario, whatever, or a whole different group or or results. So it's going to be. You can take the same group, your dice luck throughout, could or be how totally you complete what yeah. each player versus environment mission is. Yeah. It could change drastically how you're equipped, mm-hmm. even the luck of the draw for the upgrading. Yeah, I mean, and we've started, and we at the beginning we didn't, but now we've added in the pets too. So we have each guild starts with a pet, and your pet, and you know, there's like a, a lot of different pets you can choose from. They they give you a little bit of some advantages. You can move your mm-hmm. pets around just like you can heroes, but they don't interact quite the same, and they don't um, take up as much space like a like a regular hero or monster does so they can just sort of walk around but they can still be attacked they're a nice little bonus, nice with, little the, bonus. with the cost yeah. of speed like yeah if you because if you're activating your pet you're not activating, it, a you're not activating your yeah. hero and doing something that would progress your quest advancement yeah so it gives you a little bit more options um especially at the beginning so it's interesting and then there's also one other box i got which is called a whole lot of lava which is just like an add-on they did for the Kickstarter. It um, it gives you a few scenarios that you can sprinkle in to replace other scenarios. So that gives you a little bit more replayability as well. So, you know, we've you know if we've gone through all the level two scenarios or all the level three scenarios, here's maybe a couple other scenarios we can sprinkle in for well, some variety. Even right now, we're yeah. we're picking missions. Well, I don't know how James picked his two, but it seemed yeah. to be this one sounds interesting. It wasn't like a read through the mission and figure out which is best for your characters. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably an element you can add of strategic choice yeah. when you're the winner to go, well, my synergies with my heroes work best on this map, so I'm going to go here. Right. True. Yeah. So yeah. there's even that level that can be added to it if you're not just doing it for the fun of sitting at a table and mm-hmm. playing through a slightly competitive adventure game. Yeah. And it, even if you do the worst, like it, like you know, the second scenario, I, I got next to nothing. I was still able to get some upgrade cards because the upgrade cards mm-hmm. do get better, and there's some cards that are 
yeah, really expensive and I couldn't afford those, you know, seven or eight gold. But then there's always at least some that are like zero, one or two gold. So there's always, you're always going to be able to upgrade something, you know, and give yourself a little bit extra something. And hopefully that'll get you a little bit better off the next game, you know. This is Randall trying to convince himself he still has a chance. I still have a chance. (laughs) It's not fully (laughs) over for me. I can still compete. He's the first choice when we need to kill an enemy guild of, (laughs) let's go take out Randall's guy. Well, I know how he feels. This this last... The last mission that we went through, uh, you did actually I, pretty good. I, I didn't even go after objectives. You didn't at you all. You just hopped around. I, I interfering. Yeah. yeah, I went around killing killing some of the monsters and yeah. gathering up as much gold as I as I could. They ended up with quite a bit of gold. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it okay. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't as much as because um, oh, I think at geez. one point you had looked over and there was you know you're like oh you got this pile of gold, but because you had actually you oh, know completed some missions, completed a couple missions. Gold. Yeah, I think you yeah. ended up with more than I did. Pretty. Or I had 12. What did you have? Um, okay, well, then one last because I, I ended up, okay. only ended up with 13. 13. But then you had, like, James at, like, 21. And then yeah. you had how much? Uh, I think I was only at 12. Only 12? Maybe okay, 15. so that's not too bad. So James, yeah. James is the one who really took away but, with it. Yeah. And he cleaned up. There's also the fact that a lot of times you're leaving gold on the table with that much. Yeah. Like, that's true because you, you can't yeah. always spend it all. You can only ever buy three upgrades. Um, but now we have pets, so you can also spend money on... Yeah, that adds evolving your pets. Yeah. Without yeah. the pet upgrades, I think the second buy phase, it changed my buying pattern a little bit mm. with that three gold upgrade cost. But yeah. I, I still ended up with gold, like yeah. a gold mm-hmm. piece left. So, and I didn't even bother to upgrade my pet because I there's like seven point something a hammer I wanted. I was like, I really had to have this hammer. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that one's that one's a. a not get damnation. No, you get no, damnation no, for it. No but, pun yeah. intended. It's a double edged sword. It is. It's, it's a, a double edged hammer. hammer. Yeah. Because yeah, you gotta you you take damnation, damnation use it. every single time but you want to use it. It's a six attack, and it's ugh. yeah. But <laughs> when whenever when everything starts getting defense against you or extra damage right. or yeah. something, because you have damnation, yeah. or you're the one picked on because you flip over a card that says person with the most damnation gets screwed yep. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and that's quite often. So. <laughs> or yeah. go after the person with the most damnation because you're getting bonus dice to attack them. Yeah, you're gonna get a whole bunch of dice against them. Yeah, true. But because I mean we'll that see. in our our second playthrough. In one turn, I killed two of your characters, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> one with a, a minion who got like eight yep. dice against you because of your damnation, and then I came in and picked off your yeah. wounded yep. one from the last turn. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it can have a drastic effect. Yeah, it can. Yeah, I'll I'll have to think about how I redistribute equipment and and that sort of thing for the next the yeah, next mission. As soon as one character gets neutered, it's like I have too much damnation to even fight this guy because yep. he gets hits taken off for every damnation point I have. It's like, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I guess we'll see. And then you guys, have, this is just the first time playing it. It's going through Inferno. If um, we get a chance, maybe we can get through the regular Arcadia quest at some point just to see what it's like. Because, yep. yeah, there's no damnation at all with that one. So it's going to be, it's going to be like, seem like a cakewalk compared to this. I don't know. <laughs> Your actions remember. don't have consequences if you use evil equipment. Yeah, that's right. Well, but there may not be any evil equipment. Yeah, I don't maybe know. not. Yeah, I, I, I am playing through it now, but I'm just like, it's been so long now. I'm trying to remember. Like, oh, how's, how does it compare? We'll see. But yeah, so and that's then the our pets... views of Imperial Assault this week. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hurt to mix in a few no, other doesn't. things, and it sort of falls within our mandate of you know, yeah, board games. game battles because we're doing some battles. Uh, and we also get our pets has its own little campaign in there. Not as many options like the Infernal campaign. It's like a, a linear campaign where you're doing one quest after another. But it'll still be fun to try out yeah. at some point. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so. 
now we'll still be talking about Imperial Assault a bit, but then we'll probably for a little while probably be sprinkling in some Arcadia Quest too because we're playing it. So you're going to hear about it. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you check out our uh, our guild on uh, Board Game Geek. You know, uh, we put up our all our shows there, so you can always reach out to us there. Um, go to our website at boardnowgaming.com. Um, there's also a form there for reaching out to us. We actually did get an email um, in relation to the uh, the regionals one who was asking about the uh, the last resort um, card, you know, the ruling that we were referencing. So that's why we want to make sure we had that correction out there. But thanks to uh, Tamika Crosley um, for reaching out to us. That was, that was nice to hear from you. Um, you know, check us out. We're on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Board Now Gaming. Thanks for listening again, and until next time, keep on gaming. Board now.